All right, let's open up our Bibles to Psalm 25. We'll be looking at verses 4 and 5 today as we continue our series through a psalm, a psalm of David, wherein with David we are learning how to find the grace of Christ in the grip of chaos. David is going through circumstances that are beyond his control. We don't know exactly what they are, and that's good. Because it doesn't really matter. All we know is, is that whatever David is going through, it's difficult, it's painful. There's no way that he can fix it. And so what he does in the midst of this is he lifts his soul to God for help. And he finds it. And lifting your soul to God involves a number of different things. And today what we're going to do is focus on the principle of learning in the midst of the chaos. Psalm 25, we're looking at verses 4 and 5, but we're going to back up to verse 1 to give us some context. Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and grace, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. It is for your glory. It is for our edification. It is to build us up. And so we know that we must be taught by it, and so we ask that your Holy Spirit would help us to understand and to believe it and to be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of us learn, uh, learn things the hard way, right? Some of us are a little dumb in that. We're told the right thing to do, and we're like, I hear you. I'm going to try my way first and find out that you're right. That's what I'm going to do. But I like to, and that's most of my life. I, I, uh, I, I grew up hearing these two questions, uh, these two questions, like, um, what did we learn? I heard that a lot after I did something because I did it my own way. And they're like, oh, what you, did you learn your lesson? That's another way they would put it. Did you learn your lesson? Yes, I've learned my lesson. Well, maybe not. I might try it again. But I, would, I learned the hard way. A lot of us learn things the hard way. And that's potentially problematic because life is learning. In every situation you find yourself in, there is much to learn. It's the person who thinks that they have it all figured out that usually gets into trouble. This is particularly true when we're talking about dark days, difficult days, those times of trouble, the, the seasons of chaos. And things are out of your control and you're afflicted and you're confused or you're hurting. If we do not adopt a posture of learning there, we will find ourselves in great danger. I don't want us all to learn the hard way. And so, here's the principle I want us to get that we're going to see in verses 4 and 5 here. Very simple. A posture of learning protects us from the dangers of ignorance and pride. And if you have not learned this yet, you will. Ignorance and pride will mess you up in difficult days. Because these dangers actually 
prevent us from learning what God has in store for us. A posture of learning protects us from the dangers of ignorance and pride. So here's what we're going to do. I want to talk a little bit about these dangers, ignorance and pride, why they're problematic. But then what we'll do is we'll focus on two parts, right? How a posture of uh, learning means that we are willing to be taught by God and then secondly, led by God. All right, these, these dangers of ignorance and pride emerge because chaos creates questions, right? If you're going through difficult times, things, even if you've brought it upon yourself, if you're going through difficult times, things are out of your control and you're hurting or you're confused or you're scared or you're doubting or you're whatever, questions usually follow. Questions like, why? Why, God? Why? Why am I going through this? Why did you allow this to happen? I've asked it. You've asked it. I hear people ask this all the time. Those why questions. The where questions. Where are you? The what questions. What are you doing? By the way, many of the Psalms begin with these questions, don't they? A lot of them do. Because the psalmists, like David, are real. They ain't pretending. They feel it, and they, they address God with it. Why are you doing this? What are you doing? Where are you at? They even go so far as to say, why have you abandoned me? There's a question that the psalmist asks. Has God abandoned him? No, but that's how it feels. Chaos creates questions, and questions can lead to doubt. And so what we need fundamentally in those times is a posture of learning, because here's the hard truth that doesn't sit well with all of us upon first consideration. Sometimes the hard days that you are going through, the chaos, is because, in part, it's the only way you can learn what God wants to teach you. And I can say this for sure, no matter what you're going through, God wants to teach you. He wants to teach you in the midst of your circumstances, and he will use them to not only teach you, but to lead you. You see, the problem is, is like, th this is always true, right? God is ready to teach us in the midst of our trouble and difficulty, but ignorance blocks it in a sense, right? Now, nothing can stop God, but what I mean is, is ignorance, ignorance basically uh, short circuits the learning process. Ignorance, right? You, ignorance is not a bad word. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It means you don't understand or you don't have knowledge of something. When it comes to baseball, I don't know anything about it. I know one rule of baseball, which is don't watch it. It's boring. That's the only rule I know about baseball, so I stay away from that. Unless Jimmy invites me to go to a game, that's fun. I can do that. Hot dogs and all the stuff. I'm all about it. I don't know anything about baseball. That doesn't mean I'm dumb. It just means I don't know anything about baseball. I'm ignorant. I don't have the facts. We're all ignorant in different ways, in different parts of our lives, but see, faith, faith is the encroachment of knowledge on our spiritual ignorance. Faith is not relying upon a question mark. Faith is relying upon an exclamation point, a statement of fact, the revelation of God. So when we're, we're asking these questions, or these questions are posed, right, at least implicitly in our circumstances, and if we aren't seeking an answer to it but remain complacent in our ignorance, our faith does not grow, it atrophies. We don't get the answers that we are seeking, not because they are unattainable, but because we aren't looking for them. Ignorance 
No answers, it weakens our faith. Ignorance is a problem because we need to learn, but we don't, right? Now, pride is a little bit different. Pride isn't an inactivity of, of, of knowledge altogether. It is a presumption that what I do know is enough. Pride says, I have it all figured out. I don't need to seek. I don't need to learn. I'm good on my own. So we don't seek the truth. And pride oftentimes, by the way, leads to a kind of bitterness. It's sort of almost as if we, are, we know why God is doing what he's doing and we're dissatisfied with it. Pride doesn't seek the actual answers to these questions. Faith is weakened, and so we need to learn, but we won't. We choose not to. Ignorance and pride will short-circuit the learning that we all need to experience in the midst of chaos, difficulty, and trials. And so here we are, Psalm 25. What does David say? Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation and for you I wait all the day long. So, learners are taught by God. If you adopt a, p- a position of learning, then you will be taught by God. Teach me. And when God teaches you, what is he doing? He's teaching you wisdom. He doesn't just give you a set of propositions. He doesn't just give you a list to memorize. He gives you real knowledge for life. Right? The word is a word for that. Wisdom. Wisdom. It's a practical, experiential, applied knowledge of God and truth. He teaches us wisdom. Listen to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, verse 6. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Now hold on to that secret heart. Teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Just hang on to that for a minute. We'll come back to it. So what does God teach? He doesn't just convey information. He conveys wisdom. He takes the truth, the objective truth, and he gives it to us, but he shows, it, shows us how it's applied to our lives gives us objective reality that is then subjectively experienced. It's truth. It's what is real, right? Our our faith is not a collection of subjective sort of anecdotes and expressions of, 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 of personal ideas and intuitions. It's the truth of God that is objective, who he is, what he has done, what he commands, then applied and experienced subjectively because it hits us all in so many different ways. God teaches us wisdom. We are taught wisdom, and we are taught in our hearts, right? Did you catch that in Psalm 51.6? Or listen to Psalm 86.11. Psalm 86.11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. The old translation says, Give me an undivided heart. Anybody remember singing that praise chorus back in the day? Give me an undivided... Okay, I do. Uh, I was converted in the 90s, early 90s, so I remember. I remember that song. And I like that. Give me an undivided heart. Right? So teach me your ways. Unite my heart. Unite my heart to fear it. So unite it. I want it to be together. Give me an undivided heart. The reason that the psalmist says this is because our hearts are naturally divided. I like lots of things. Most of them are good. Some of them are sinful, right? You like 
good things and bad things too. I like good things. These are all good things. Some things are better than others. These things over here, these are evil and wicked, but I, I, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I still like them. I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to repent of them. I just recognize that my heart still goes towards them. So what needs to happen? I need to have this heart that is divided, united, meaning that I not only remove the wickedness from my heart and life, but these things that are good that I like all fall under the supremacy of Jesus Christ, that he is first. That's an undivided heart. And when God teaches us, he is teaching our hearts. He's not just giving us abstract concepts to wrestle with. He's not asking us to engage in merely intellectual or academic exercises. It, it requires the mind, yes, but it means nothing without the heart. God wants the heart. He doesn't just want you to know the truth. He wants you to believe it. He wants you to love it. And this is what God does. He moves and he teaches us in such a way, if we have the posture of a learner, that we begin to not just know the truth, but actually believe it more and more, experience it, love it. He teaches us wisdom. He teaches us in our hearts. He, he teaches us truth over error. Now listen to Psalm 119, verse 29. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I love this, right? Because there are false ways that corrupt our thinking and expectations, right? There are falsehoods out there. There are lies out there that we need to watch out for. And sometimes they're in the world. Sometimes they're coming from the world, from philosophies and ideologies. Sometimes they're coming from other religions and false gods. Sometimes they're coming directly from the devil. Sometimes they just come from our own hearts. Like, you don't have to look very far to find corruption and wayward thinking. It's in here. Just let it go for a minute. They'll come up with some false ideas. But when God teaches us, what he's doing in part is he is putting away the false ideas, the truth. His truth confronts the false ideas, the false narratives, and says, these things are wrong. You must reject them and instead embrace this. Counterfeit, false ideas, and false gods is what God teaches us the danger of. Learners are taught by God. You know what else we're taught? We're taught to obey. And we need to learn to obey, right? You need to, you're, not, you're not very good at obeying. I mean, I'm not. And there are some things I'm good at. It's like when you have kids, right? You have to teach them to obey because they don't just want to stick and do it on their own. You got to teach them, got to teach them to obey. Got to obey me. And it's not because like they're dumb and you're smart, you know, because <laughs> some parents are not that smart. It's, it's, not, it, it's, not that, uh, it, it's not just because I say so. We want our kids to obey us. And we have to teach them to obey us because we know what's best for them. And we want them to default to trusting us when we say do or don't. Because this is what's right. This is what's good for you. You've got to teach them to obey. And ultimately, we, we don't just want them to believe it because we're saying so as a parent, but because these, there are principles, ultimately, that we want to guide them throughout their lives, principles that come from the Lord. We have to teach our kids obedience in a variety of ways, and God does the same thing. He teaches us. He teaches us obedience. Listen to Psalm 143, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. I don't have time to get into it, but I love that the Holy Spirit is called good spirit. I think that's, I miss Holy Ghost. 
I like, we're not charismatic enough to use it, but I like Holy Ghost. I think that Holy Ghost sounds cool. Uh, but good spirit, I know, I know he's the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God, eternally existing, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But to say that he's the good spirit just is emphasizing that when God teaches us, even in these difficult times, he does so by his spirit who is good, compassionate, benevolent. God is compassionate and benevolent and kind and generous. I love it. Teach me to do your will for you are my God. Teach me. Teach me to do your will. Psalmist knows it. I've got to be taught. You've got to train me, Lord. I need to learn. So we, we're taught obedience. And we need to learn this stuff, especially in the tough times when we're asking these questions because we are inclined to become complacent or rebel. You know this. So, how do we get taught? How do we get taught? God whisper in our ear and send us an email. What does he do? We have visions, right? Those are spooky. I don't want those. I do not want visions. I've read about them in scripture. No thanks. I'm grateful to have God's word. God's word. How does God teach us? Well, he uses his word to teach us, and, and he uses his spirit to use his word to really teach us, especially in the heart. But let me just read a passage that I know many of you are familiar with. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof and for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, that is mature, equipped for every good work. So think about it. God gives us his word. Why? Because we have much to learn about him and about ourselves, about the life of faith and wisdom that he calls us to. We have much to learn, so he gives us his word. It corrects us. It reproves us. It teaches us. It trains us to do what God calls us to do and to become the people he's called us to become. Learners are taught by God. So let me say this in a couple of different ways today. You need to have a posture of a learner as you go through difficulties. Sometimes the difficulties is just, you're just bored. And sometimes it's because you're afraid Sometimes because you're hurting. Difficulty, chaos. You got to take a posture of learning because there are things that God wants you to know that you do not yet know. You will know them. He will teach you. You're like, ah, I know stuff. (laughs) Okay, sure. You might know that God is good in principle, but he will teach you experientially how good he is. So you need to take a posture of a learner because there are things that God wants you to know. Learners are not only taught by God, but second, learners are led by God. You see verse 5, Psalm 25, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you're the God of my salvation, for you I wait all the day long. Lead me. God leads his people, right? God will lead you wherever you are. He will lead you no matter how far you've gone. No matter what you've done or what has happened to you, no matter what situation you find yourself in, here's a promise. God will lead you from that point. Because I know like a lot of us think like, I've done too much. I've gone too far. We've said that. That person, he's gone way too far. She has gone way too far. 
as if God has T-Rex arms and just can't quite grasp somebody because they're just out of reach. God's arms are not so short that they cannot save, right? There is no one that God cannot reach. Listen to Psalm 139. Again, verses 7 through 10. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that's the grave, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. You have to know this. We have to learn this, guys. Nowhere, no place is too far, too dark, or too messy, where God will not meet you and lead you. No one is too broken. No one is too rebellious. No one is too lost. Because the truth is, is wherever you are, God is already there. He beat you there. He is. And so God is where you are. Now, the question is, do you have a posture of a learner in order to be led out of it? Because God will lead you wherever you are, and God will lead you out of danger. Let me clarify. Just because, and I believe God promises to lead us out of danger, it does not mean that you won't get your butt kicked. You will. Often. Sometimes you get punched in the face metaphorically and literally. Sometimes bad things happen and you suffer the consequences of the evil actions of other people or the, react the, the consequences of your own actions. But God will lead you out of danger. How? Listen to Psalm 5, verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies make your way straight before me how does God lead us out of danger out of the trap of our enemies it doesn't mean like oh I got ripped off I'm going to get my money back sometimes you don't get your money back but he leads you out of danger by leading you into righteousness by leading you into righteousness, by leading you out of temptation to retaliate with evil, to become hard-hearted and bitter and angry, to become jaded, to lose faith. He leads you out of temptation, away from the tempter and the mocking and into righteousness, into faith. He leads you into a spiritual victory. This is why the Apostle Paul can say in Romans 8 that, yeah, I, I know, um, we are being murdered, but even if we're sawn in half or beheaded, we even then are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because the victory, right, is righteousness, the knowledge of God. And here's the thing about God leading us, right? God promises to lead you out of danger, wherever you're at, into righteousness, but here's what he's really doing. He's leading you, and he's always doing this. He is leading you to himself. Here's how you know if you're being led by God. You wind up 
at him. You wind up at destination Jesus. That's where you wind up. If, you're not, if, you, if, if God's leading isn't leading you to himself, then it isn't of God. It's something else. God always leads you to himself. Listen to Psalm 61, verses 1 and 2. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. Right? So this guy's hurting. From the end of the earth I call to you. Right? So he's in the remotest, darkest part where God can't see. Where my heart is faint, he says, so I'm weak and weary. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. He's saying, God, lead me to yourself. You are the rock that is higher than me. I need to be safe in you, so I cry out to you from where I at. I'm at in my weakness, in my distress, in my, in my doubt, in my humiliation. Lord, where, here's where I am. I need you to lead me to safety. And where is that? It is in the very bosom of Jesus Christ. I think, I, we think like, oh, I'm weak. You know, I'm weak and I'm struggling you know, I'm weak and I'm struggling and I just, I don't, I don't really know what to do. I don't want to cry out to God for, for help because I feel so hypocritical and silly. And we read the Psalms, we read Psalm 25. I, I hope that you will grasp an important theological truth that will change your life if you actually believe it. God's got you. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He's got you. He doesn't let go. No one can snatch us out of his hand. We are secure. He has you, your best interest, your flourishing, your safety. He has you in his hand, in mind. Are you weak? Are you struggling? Of course you are. You're like the rest of us. I know some of us, well, some of us look really good. I know you look around, you see people like, wow, they, like, they have it all together, but they're struggling, they're weak, they have their issues, everybody's, everybody's going through it, and God has us. That's our hope. You know, God wants you to have the posture of a learner because sometimes you wind up in the chaos because God wants you to lead you somewhere, right? I mean, he, 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 he wants you to be a learner because there's something he wants you to know and he wants you to be a learner because there's somewhere that he wants you to go. Not geographically, but spiritually. The posture of learning is what protects us from the dangers of ignorance and pride and it causes us to reap the benefits of being taught and led by God. So we have to guard our sense, ourselves against this temptation to rest in ignorance or to bristle in pride, particularly when the days are difficult, challenging, unsatisfying. Take the posture of a learner and know this, know this, please know this, that when God is teaching you and leading you, it is always, ultimately, going to bring us to Jesus. Because in Jesus, all the promises of God are yes and amen. In Jesus, right, all of the truth of God is contained. In fact, last scripture, John 6, 
In John 6, verse 66, it says, After this, many of his disciples turned and no longer walked with him. So Jesus is getting some negative feedback, right? Lots of exit polling going on, probably, with the disciples. Like He had all of these people amassed listening to him at this point, and he starts teaching hard truth, and it looks like everybody's leaving. And so Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples had been grumbling, right? Jesus says to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed. Where else are we going to go? There is nowhere to go. To, to what else are we going to appeal? So, you are where you are to learn. How will you learn? Well, I'll just give you three things, okay? Make it real simple. God will teach you and lead you by his scripture, his spirit, and his people. You need God's word. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it, I know the temptation is like, hey, listen, uh, uh, I've read the Bible a long time. I'm pretty familiar with it, and I'm not feeling it right now, and I'm going through a difficult time, and like, but I'm not getting anything out of it. And you distance yourself. If you distance yourself from God's word, you will not learn. You will not grow. You will not be taught the things that you need to know. You also need the Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes the word of God and applies it to our our hearts, illuminating our minds to better understand and respond to the things that are true in Scripture. But that is still not enough. Believe me, I know it's popular to think that all you need is you and your Bible, and that's it, and you're going to be good, or just the Bible and the Holy Spirit, and you're good. I promise you, the Scripture teaches no such thing. You and the Holy Spirit and the Bible leads to all kinds of danger and heresy. You can mess the whole thing up in that unholy trinity. You need God's Word, you need God's spirit, and you need God's people. We need teachers in our lives. That's why God has appointed teachers in churches. We need to be exhorted. We need other people in our lives to hold us accountable. I need people to teach me. And sometimes, sometimes, when God has something to teach me, he winds up using people that I don't even like listening to. They got a bad attitude and a big mouth. I don't like the way they dress. Their teeth are way too white. And like, I don't understand. And uh, God's like, what does that have to do? That has nothing to do with it. Please listen to what they're saying. God can even use people that don't like you to teach you things that you need to know. There is grace to be found in chaos. You find it in Christ. But you only discover it, you only learn as you go to God's word with the help of God's spirit and the context of God's people. If you do this, you'll know the things God wants you to know. And you'll go where God wants you to go and, and you will be better for it and you can praise him in the midst of the storm. Let's pray. Father in heaven, would you uh, teach us Please teach us, Lord. We don't want to be ignorant. We don't want to be proud. Let us be a humble people who are hungry to know you and your word and your ways. And we do pray that 
Whether we're in days of, of calm and, and ease, we want to praise you for that, Lord, and celebrate that gift. If we're going through days of chaos and grief, we pray, God, that you would support us and strengthen us to hold on tight and to not let go. In Christ's name, amen.